Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm the producer of the stage show Bed Post, which happens at SOCAP every third Friday of the month. Here at the Bed Post Podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to come into my new studio bedroom and <laughs> indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, we have a very special guest. She is a playwright. She is an improviser, a sketch writer, a solo performer. Her name is Laura Ann Harris. Woo! Woo! Woot woot! Woot! How are you doing? I'm great. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. I've had a great weekend. My husband is in town, so we've had like a lovely, lovely weekend together. And Does he live elsewhere? He does. He lives in Syracuse, New York, doing his master's in speech language pathology. So wow. I'm so long waiting. distance relationship. Yeah. Which is ironically how we started because he was living in Boston doing his undergrad when I was here in Toronto. So the first year and a half of our relationship anyway was long distance. So it's kind of sprung back into that after we've gotten married. And, um, but I'm awaiting like a visa. Right. So, to right. Go down there. So I'm just kind of waiting on that. Right. Yeah. Do you, how do you get in contact with each other? Do you Skype or do yeah. you FaceTime, yeah. that sort of thing? Uh, Skype, Hangouts. Yeah. WhatsApp. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. It's funny because like, you know, if you think about it 10 years ago, it would be almost like, it would just be phone. Yeah. Right. But now it's so great because you can just text each other on WhatsApp. You can do video chats. It's, it's kind of, a new era for long distance relationships. Totally. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. One of the things <laughs> that is so cool, a new thing that's happening with sex toys is that there are apps now that you oh. can have a long distance relationship and like one partner can have the remote oh. or, or just on the phone. Now there's an app and they can control the sex toy of a person across the globe. Wow. It's crazy. We, that we vibe so has that. Intri- I, that's intriguing. It's crazy, that's right? so crazy. So can you imagine you can have like phone sex or Skype sex, right. like, you know, with your partner across yeah. the globe. Yeah. Like, and interactive. Like, with a toy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's insane. I've, like, not heard that at all. Oh, but yeah. I'll, I'll probably have to look that up. Yeah, now look it up. <laughs> it sounds like I would recommend it. <laughs> um, I had a great weekend uh, because it was Pride. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The weekend we're recording this, obviously, not the one you're listening to, most likely, uh, but it was Pride weekend. Um, I got my boobies out. Yeah. <laughs> we saw, uh, I wore all my, all my tassels and pasties this weekend, which was fun. Um, we watched the parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orange is the new black was in the parade. Yes! We're that like, so Posse! Posse! We were yeah. trying to get her attention so hard. She's yeah. too busy grinding on, uh, the creator of the show who she's dating. <laughs> oh, is she dating the yeah. creator? Last I knew, yeah. Because I was, I love I love her, like, that character. I love that character. Me too. So hard, so, yeah. you know, I was probably just Googling pictures of her at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and found that out, that, that she's dating the, uh, 
wow, the creator. That's so, so interesting. Wow. I only assumed that was the creator because she looked yeah. exactly like the lead character that she's written mm, herself. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, like an yeah. autobiographical type thing. Oh. Um, and they were just grinding on each other a lot. So I'm like, that must be the creator. Wow, <laughs> okay. Insider baseball. I'm going to definitely look this up later. Oh, right? <laughs> That's so great. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, she's um, a Justin Trudeau is in the parade. That yeah, cool. that was first prime minister to ever be in the parade. Awesome, parade. totally That's awesome. so progressive and wonderful. Yeah, and he yeah. was just surrounded by his, uh, his security people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Apparently, he, we were just he like, beautiful, Justin! Yeah. Justin! <laughs> yeah. He looked really hot, actually. He looked good. Yeah, like that beautiful, like pinkish shirt, like a salmon salmon shirt. And by the end, apparently, we were kind of positioned near the beginning of the parade. Apparently, by the end, uh, you know how people just have water cannons and stuff through the whole thing. They're just spraying everybody. Apparently, by the end, he was totally soaked. Like his shirt was just clinging. Well, I saw a photo where it was. Like, and I think my friend took a photo, and it was. It, and I was like, "Oh, it's either he's super sweaty, or no. he got like a whole bunch of water thrown on him." So that makes a lot more sense. Can you imagine who would squirt the prime minister oh, with like, the water? Like cannon? all the gay men were like, "We Just... have to do this. Like this is this is happening. This, needs to this happen. is my wet dream. I'm making him wet." Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, my friend had a tank top, a Justin Trudeau tank top. That oh. he, he wanted to get him to sign, but there's uh, no way you can get to him. No, you know, no, you totally know. Not. He was just yeah. so much security. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the other highlight for me was I uh, be I bedazzled I bedazzled my friends. He has like a big head, mm. uh, like with diamonds all over his head oh, and forehead. Fun. And then we did this crazy, awesome glitter beard on him. He has a very full beard. We did this rainbow glare yeah. beard on him. Somebody oh. else, there's another photo of somebody else with a beard and he got it painted. Yeah. Did you see that video where no. they kind of slowly painted his, his beard and it was this insane, like wood forest type thing. Crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. There's, it's a big trend right now with mm-hmm. drag queens yeah. to be glittering or painting, as you're mm-hmm. saying, their, their beards. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Like, Matthew Anderson is a pioneer for that. He's a makeup artist, mm-hmm. and he always has a beard, and he'll, he'll deck himself out in drag <laughs> lots of times, but he keeps his beard because he likes his beard, and it's just... Yeah, he does, like, those powder paints on it, yeah. like, all... It's, like, artistry. Beard yeah. artistry. Beard artistry. It's and so I didn't cool. think it would happen, but that's great. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, okay. totally. Uh, and I was impressed with how great it looked. Like, I just used the Ben Nye's spirit gum, mm-hmm. and I just kind of yeah. painted it onto yeah. him, and then yeah, just yeah. had him tilt his head, and then, like, just kind of poured the glitter on. And oh, it worked so great. well. That's awesome. It looked banging. Yeah. That's it's my friend John, actually, where he's going to be, uh, uh, I want him to be on the podcast, and he wants to be on the podcast, but I think we need to talk a little bit about what he's going to talk about first. Oh, but, okay, cool. But Sweet. he should be an upcoming guest. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'll listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh, another thing I did this weekend, I also, it was a busy weekend, because yeah, it's Fringe. Totally. Yeah. Canada Day, Fringe, Canada Day. and Pride, all on the same weekend. And insane. we went to the island. Oh, great. We went to Hanlon's Beach, which is a nude beach. Yeah. Have you been? I've never been, but you know what? My I had neither. Yeah, my friends uh, just went and they loved it, so yeah. I definitely have to check it out. Yeah, we went with a group um, of Matt's kind of work friends, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of 
he's got he's got a lot of work friends. Uh, there's one group we're like really tight with, and then kind of a s- secondary group. We're kind of with the secondary group where I'm only close with like a couple of the people. Mm-hmm. So I just went topless. But I feel I feel like I would have I I love being naked like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. especially in the summer it's like it just makes sense yeah it's wonderful it's just logical you don't have to have a weird like farmer's tan like yeah I normally have yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I feel like or even just if it was Matt and I going I one hundred percent would have yeah yeah um, but topless was lovely as well because yeah. I had never actually been to a a, a clothing optional mm. beach I. There are a couple on the West Coast, because I'm from Victoria. There's one that is pretty famous, and I believe there's hot springs there, too, or Mm. sort of, like, pothole kind of springs, and it's really nice. And then there's another one called Wreck Beach Mm -hmm. in Vancouver, which is infamous because, uh, I mean, obviously it's a a nudist beach, but also because they do this beautiful performance every year uh, called Wreck Beach Buto, and they're all naked, all different uh, age groups, mm-hmm. painted with white, um, kind of physical theater piece. Tends yeah. to be quite slow, laborious, although mm, kind of becomes contemporary dance-like. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because it's like all ages naked. Yeah. You see their movements. They're f- swimming in the ocean. It's gorgeous. Yeah, nice. so highly recommend it for that because it's like one of the most beautiful ways of looking at people's bodies and celebrating them too. Very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually along those lines, talking about all ages nudists, um, I ran into Jess Beaulieu. She's mm-hmm. a bedpost darling. At God, the- she's amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah, isn't uh, she no the worries. best? You can't, come on. Like, just, just honestly. I bow just constantly. Just I'm not worthy. stand-ups ever actually right now because she (laughs) this is a small joke of hers that I really like which is she's like sometimes I feel like I'm getting I'm going crazy and she she talks about how somebody hit her in the back and she's like what and she just yells behind her and then she realizes it was her own bag (laughs) that hit her in the back it's so good it's I laugh so hard at the joke because it's like something we could all relate to so she was like I was just yelling at myself for her, I find, like, it's not like, oh, I laughed. I laughed at so many times during her set. It's no. like, I never stop. Stop laughing. You yeah, never that's stop. that's so true. Yeah. So I ran into her, and um, she, uh, she's done it a couple times. I don't know if it's annually that her and um, Natalie do it, but they do their, they do sets at a nudist colony. Yes, they did t- say that. Yeah. 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 So uh, as far as I know, Natalie loves it, but Jess is kind of like, Eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little half-sees. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just thinking of that, and I was like, I think I would really dig that. Like, per- yeah. like performing, maybe, like, I do burlesque-type dances, but just doing, like, a whole show or, like, you know, some other type of performance while being nude and it mm-hmm. being non-sexual. Because, he, oh, what she was saying was that part of the show was this um, young man um, playing a guitar, mm. Uh, just doing kind of a folk music set and his whole family was there to see him mm-hmm. and he was so excited, you know, it was his first time doing that mm-hmm. on stage, playing the guitar and, you know, he was like, oh, my whole family's here and everyone looked over and the family all waves and it's like, it's kids, it's the mm-hmm. mom, it's the dad and it's like, how lovely mm-hmm. for this nudist family yeah. to come together Yeah. Uh, and we are just kind of saying, well, you know, some people might, that might they might not get that or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. understand how that's how it can be non-sexual. Yeah, you totally, know. Totally. And they actually go to great lengths at 
nudist colonies and stuff like that to take the sexuality mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you can't wear certain pieces of clothing that are sexual. You can't, mm-hmm. I think you can't groom in a, in certain ways as well. Like anything that can be misconstrued as sexual, mm-hmm. they won't let you do it all. Oh, so interesting. yeah. So, but something you wanted to talk about. Lola, yeah. Yeah. You're big into researching sex work. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wrote my first full-length play dealt with sex work in a big way. Um, so it was research for the writing of that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I guess it all stems from... I went to Europe in 2011, and I went to Amsterdam. Mm. And so part of our little tour was to go through the red light district. And I found it, cr- like, very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's various women in various sort of kind of forms of sexuality. Like, they're either wearing almost nothing. Or, like, this one woman was just sitting on a a stool halfway back with a short skirt and, like, a very modest-looking sweater. Mm -hmm. Just sitting there. And it was really fascinating to me because I thought, oh, okay, that might be all that's needed for some person <laughs> and it or they want the crazy boobtastic you know nothing right but the fact that there's both in the same world really really fascinated me and it also fascinated me about what what kind of woman does go into this mm-hmm. and so I thought okay I do want to write about this world I just don't know how And then I started writing this play, and my dramaturge at the time was just like, you know what, you really need to talk to a sex worker. Mm -hmm. You need to kind of really get into that side of things. I said, yes, you're right. So I knew somebody who knew somebody who had a very interesting life, like very, you know, I would say had a hard life, but legitimately found a lot of pleasure and also just stability through sex work. Mm-hmm. So, um, talked to her for three hours and it was fascinating. I mean, you know, the misconceptions that you might Oh yeah, have there's so many the stigmas. Yeah, there's so many stigmas. I mean, one that came up, because she just, she wanted to know what, exactly what I was trying to go with and I just mm-hmm. said, I really want to know the world. I, I'm curious to know, you know, what are the pros and cons or whatever. And the kind of, the interesting thing that she said was like, and I said, you know, there's this misconception that you carry all sorts of STIs, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, we, if this isn't working, our vaginal area, then we're not working. So why wouldn't we test ourselves and stay clean and all that sort of stuff? Mm -hmm. So it's that misconception. And then also like, I mean, my take on it is more, it's a job. It's a service. Mm -hmm. It's like any other job. Mm -hmm. There's good days, there's bad days, there's Mm -hmm. good clients, there's bad clients. But what is really fascinating to me is that the need for connection is ultimately sometimes overlooked by our society. Like, for example, she had a client in an elderly home who just wanted to talk Mm -hmm. with her top off. Mm -hmm. Have this kind of intimate connection with somebody and yeah, I know a couple sex workers and they all have those stories where it's like this person just wanted to talk. Yeah. This elderly, I've heard elderly as well, just yeah. wanted to talk about his wife, his wife that passed away. Yeah. Stuff like that. So... Really humanizes the work and the clients yeah. that indulge in this sort of work. Definitely. It definitely humanizes the clients for me. I mean, like, obviously, she said, the majority of people just want to have sex. Sure. I'm like, yes, okay, I get it. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, there's also a client that's 
I'm trying to think of what he was, actually. Was he a quadriplegic, or was he... I can't remember the circumstances. He obviously had mobility issues. Right. And through his care worker, mm-hmm. actually called this uh, this woman to come in mm-hmm. and to give him his first time. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't going to happen otherwise, unfortunately. And he kind of, the caretaker was like, I'm really not supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. But I really, he's, you know, he's 18. And he's never probably going to have sex. And... You know, she was really honored by mm-hmm. that, and I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I listened to uh, Andrew Gerza's podcast, which is called "Deliciously Disabled." Oh, and he, okay. he's got a lot to say about sex work and just talking along those lines. That mm-hmm. the one thing that bothers him with like disabled people employing sex workers, it, it's like the martyrdom mm. yes. of the sex yeah. worker yeah. to be with a disabled person. He can't stand <laughs> that. No, totally. And I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, and, and part of, I, I, there's another documentary called The Scarlet Road that I watched Ooh, uh, from I Australia. Watch yeah, it's very interesting. What's that about? Um, that is about sex workers who work with the disabled. Cool. So Very cool. And because Australia's laws are somewhat different, mm-hmm. um, I'm speaking more to, I think it's New, New Wales? Oh my goodness, I can't remember the region. But <laughs> one province of Australia where the um, it is legal... And I believe it, they just have like really good laws in terms of where you where you do it, mm-hmm. and um, obviously indoors is is fine, all that sort of stuff. It just has to be like away from other communities. Now I could be mixing that that up with uh, New Zealand because New Zealand's laws I know a lot about, and they're great. Mm-hmm. They're um, I think it's just decriminalized, and it's just like you can't be near a school or a church or whatever, but you can run your own business, and everything's all good. But, in any event, this documentary, um, yeah, so she mostly worked with people with mobility issues Mm -hmm. who, yeah, who just actually, it was like almost like touch therapy in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I I get it. I totally understand that point of view, too. And I think it it just depends on the client, of course, like... Case-by-case basis. Case-by-case basis, of course. Like, yes, obviously we want people with disabilities to have relationships and fulfilling partnerships Mm -hmm. but there's some clients who know that that might not be a possibility for them unfortunately Mm -hmm. or at that at that time at that time exactly Mm -hmm. so this is sort of just to fill in for that Mm -hmm. and they they made that very clear in the documentary like they you know they know that they're not in a relationship Mm -hmm. this is a service and like anyone i think it's important to say anyone that thinks it won't happen for them at that time and can't happen for them at that time Mm -hmm. you know yeah or, or like with able-bodied people, I'm more talking about that it's not that they're paying for the sex; it's they're paying for the ability to walk away after, yeah, and not yeah. have to, you know, do yeah. all the relationshipy type stuff. Exactly, they're paying for to walk away exactly. and not think of it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, in my play, I I sort of like I describe sex work as you know, it is a job, it's a service, the sex worker character in my place sees it as that, she mm-hmm. likes connecting with men in this way, mm-hmm. but also likes the fact that they're, it's monetary, it's close, it's, like, it's for a short amount of time, and then they walk away. Mm-hmm. But, what I also examine in the play is that one of the characters does fall in love with mm-hmm. the sex worker, and, and shows that, like, 
you are playing with human emotions, mm-hmm. regardless of how you look at the sex work. How compartmentalized do you think it yeah. is staying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it is, you know, I don't think a lot of plays really talk about that, per se. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of the way that, you know it has positive and negative effects on a human's psyche or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So from my point of view, I mean, yeah, like I think there's, I just didn't want to look at these women as victims. Yeah. I wanted to look at these women as like, they have agency, they know what they're doing. Exactly. And they're very fully aware of what they're doing. And a lot of times they're very business, they're business minded. They're mm-hmm. commodifying their mm-hmm. own body. Yeah. They know what's going on. They're often very intelligent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and certainly um, when I was looking at statistics, I didn't realize that it's a pretty low percent of street uh, sex workers, actually. I think it's street? Like, in terms of uh, prostitutes that are on the street Mm -hmm. who are doing it for their survival most of the time. Yeah, that and that's the, uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's like the lowest percentage of sex workers. But that's the, the most visible. Yeah. And the most targeted. And the most targeted. And, and, and people, people think when they think sex work, that's what they think. Exactly. But that is such a small portion of sex work. I think it's like 10% actually yeah. in yeah. Canada. Yeah. Like, if, if my statistic is still up to date. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we didn't mean the sex worker did talk about that. I mean, clearly there is a hierarchy, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, right. And, you know, that um, a lot of the time, though, interestingly enough, she kind of said... They wouldn't even consider, like, people who are on the street um, who are having sex, they're doing uh, sexual survival. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just sex for shelter, mm-hmm. but money for food. Like, it's not, they don't consider themselves prostitutes, sex workers, etc., because they consider it a form of survival. Interesting. Uh, drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever they need to do to get by. So that's another thing that we don't look at or discuss, you know, is... Those kind of issues, and... So, in your play... Yeah. So, what was this character? What was her journey, or who was she? Her journey was kind of interesting. Like, I mean, the two characters, um... The one character is very against sex work, and you kind of realize it later, because she has a bit of a dark secret in her past. She moves to Amsterdam to kind of start over. And then as Ellen, the sex worker character, says, like, why would you move to Amsterdam? It's like the sex capital of the world. It's legal here. Uh, it's like an alcoholic moving to Dublin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but from my experience of Amsterdam, when I visited there, you can very much like, and this is the problem with Amsterdam in a lot of ways, is because it's legal, the government can do whatever they want with it. So they can start to um, genderify mm. that community, mm. unfortunately. So it is kind of like, it's not as vibrant as it once was, unfortunately. Mm. But... Um, you know, it is a place... Amsterdam is such a beautiful city that you literally could, like, avoid that neighborhood mm-hmm. and be like, whatever. So that's the one character. And then Ellen is very much pro-sex work. So it's it's kind of like they both understand both sides. The journey of the sex worker character Two is sides that, of the same coin, basically. Exactly. Like, she kind of understands where her friend is coming out from, and then Marilyn, more or less because she's the main character, grows the most because she learns to accept this woman for who she is and what kind of agency she has. So Ellen doesn't change as much because she's she's a very strong sense of herself, mm-hmm. but she learns how to be understanding of somebody who doesn't really know about the world and needs to learn a little bit more about it. Right. So, yeah. 
What's the play called? It's called Red Rouge. Red Rouge. And I'm hoping to do it next summer. Nice. So we'll it hasn't debuted yet? Well, Ooh, technically, my. we, we uh, did... Oh, did you do, like, a reading of it or something like that? Well, we did... It's, it has a very funny history. Like, we went to Bangkok, Thailand, and did a workshop production of wow. it there, which is crazy. <laughs> it was great. It was and very well received. Uh, and then we did a workshop production of it last year at the Storefront Theater. Very nice. Which was very much like a workshop. It was just three performances. Mm-hmm. And um, that out of that workshop, I've done, like, a brand new draft. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. I, I still think it's very important to talk about. And, you know, when you go to Fringe and you're like, oh, you know what, I really would like to see my play. Yes, <laughs> so I know. What did, I you, did you apply or it wasn't in? I didn't apply this year just yet. because I kind of was like, you know what, I'm just going to hold off this year, mm-hmm. but I will apply next year. Good so, for you. Yeah. I think we're at halftime already, okay, Laura. Awesome. Dang, girl. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a very quick break and we'll be right back with Laura Ann Harris. Hello everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't seen it yet, please check out erinserotica.com, my personal blog where you'll find over a hundred erotic teasers. However, if you're into something a little more in-depth, follow the link to my Amazon author page where you'll find about a dozen publications over multiple platforms, including Tonight She's Yours, Cuckold Fantasies, edited by Rose Carraway, which is available in ebook format as well as an audiobook. You could also check out another new publication of mine called Going Down. It's a House of Erotica collection available in the ebook format. Or lastly, you could check out The New Urge Reader 2, erotic fiction by new women writers, edited by Norman Conquest, a book available in print. Take a look at all these and more at erinserotica.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. And we are back with Lauren Harris. Yes. Around too many gay men this weekend saying yas just constantly. Yas. Yas. <laughs> just so much yas. <laughs> awesome. um, what we're talking about on the break might be an interesting conversation for the podcast. You're mm-hmm. saying, you mentioned your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, um, about marriage and mm-hmm. maybe not having too many sexual partners before getting married. Mm-hmm. What's your history? Well, it's funny because, yeah, my husband and I were our only sexual partners with each other. That's fascinating. Um, I think part of it had to do with, you know, I, I dated a lot, kind of, I would say I dated a lot in university. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and to, <laughs> to the point where my friends call it, like, I got an award at the end of my fourth year of theater school for the Man Eater Award, which doesn't actually make any sense. It's That's just like because I, I dated a lot of guys, right? And it you was per- like, you maybe presented as somebody that yeah, you know, had some casual sex. Yeah, but like, so but not did at not all at all. <laughs> but like, and it, well, okay. So my favorite story about that is like I did a guy named Michael Jordan, which is hilarious, <laughs> right? <laughs> Although also very tall. So I guess, like, similar build. But, like, but 
it's just like that kind of stuff. Like my friends just found it really hilarious that how many guys I dated, but they were kind of all duds to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Let's just Michael say, Jordan. He was really, please really, always say his first and last name. I have to. <laughs> Come on. He he was very attractive, mm. but just didn't go anywhere. Right. And I I mean. It's hard in university because, like, especially with my program, it was very, you know, intense and kind of all time-consuming in the theater department. So, for me, I just was like, maybe that just, like, a long-term partnership is just not going to happen right now. Right. Um, And then I had, like, a couple, like, intense, like, lovely little relationships after Mm -hmm. university but again, like, led to, like, f- like fullering, fullering, fullering around, fullering around <laughs> but no, like, actual, like, sex, per se, because part of it had to do with, like, I was really waiting for somebody that I really wanted to have sex with. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yes, as of my course. first time. Of course. And I remember uh, the relationship, I guess, I had right before Chris, it, like, that was a lovely relationship, too, like, and we had, like, beautiful, like, lovely times together, but mm-hmm. again, like... We were about to almost have sex. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm actually a virgin. Like, I just let them know. Yeah, yeah. And and I think he kind of saw that as, like, I don't want to do this right now. Right. Also, so it didn't like, happen. But And it didn't happen, and I also was just like, yeah, I just don't know if this is the guy I want to lose my, my virginity to, my mm-hmm. V-card to. So <laughs> when I met Chris... Um, who's your husband? Who's my husband now... Mm-hmm. I just was like, yes, this is the kind of person I would like to be with. Yes. And yeah, and then so, but funnily enough, he was so um, into his guitar playing. (laughs) I joke about this because he actually didn't go to prom. He instead just practiced his guitar. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my God, I'm I'm doing one of these guys. Um, Like really, he went to Berklee School of Music. Like he's legitimately a very good guitarist. He's married, like, married to the music, baby. Totally. Up to that point. So, you know, um, he was the kind of person I just really wanted to be with. And yeah. so, and then ironically, you know, we ended up having this beautiful long affair and then got married. Mm-hmm. So, but it was just... Did you have sex before you got married? Or no? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, oh, right. for sure. Yeah, no, that was, that was all good and fine. Right. Um, but, like, it just was funny that I didn't anticipate... He was going to be the only person for my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I figured in my life I would have more than one sexual partner. Sure. But it just ended up working out that way. Yeah. And it was interesting, too, because I had a conversation with my friend about this. I'm like, you know, I do often wonder, I'm like, did I miss out? Or I wonder for his sake, did he, did miss, he out? miss out? And my friend's like, you know what, Laura? You <laughs> might really. have not. You <laughs> might have had, like, a lot of mediocre sex. Yeah. And it would have been, like... Mm, well, whatever. And not to say, like, I mean, obviously it took time for us to understand each other sexually. My as, it does, and I, as it does. As it does with any new partner. But, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, this is good. You know, if this is good, then I don't need to feel like I'm missing out from somebody else. Yeah. And, but it's it's interesting, though, because, like, I've, noted, I've known a couple people who've had a similar thing. Yeah. And it's just like, nope, we just, uh, yeah, this is my only sexual partner. And yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it's monogamous, I'm only assuming. Oh, and yeah, gonna stay for sure. monog- monogamous. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. who knows? When I'm 55, I'll be like, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> New rules. New baby. rules, baby. <laughs> like, 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 like I, I have to say, like, I, I don't have any reason for it not to be monogamous. Yeah. You know, obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. But I totally understand. 
other people's needs in different ways. And I mean, I've known people who are very open sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, yeah, but no judgment. Yeah, yeah totally. totally. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, great. But it's just funny, yeah, because I. Yeah, and I and also the other thing that like is really interesting right now is these long distance relationships. I have mm. so many friends who have long distance relationships. I know yep. at least three other friends of mine. Yep. One of my friends, her partner's in Germany. Mm-hmm. One of my other friends, her partner's in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one's just like in Ontario, but just like a three hour drive. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing that's kind of an interesting theme that's going on right now is that it doesn't matter the borders. Mm-hmm. Like people, you know, if they like that person. They'll see them. Mm-hmm. You know? How long have you two been apart for? Oh, for right now, we've only been apart since September. Okay. So, but we're going back and forth. So. Yeah. And then hopefully not apart for the rest of the time. <laughs> Although, like, you know, like this is short term. Yeah, this is short term. But the the funny thing is, like, I want to go to grad school as well, so mm-hmm. I might be kind of away, and mm-hmm. so it might just have to be back and forth a little bit for a little while. For a little while. But we're fine with that. I mean, mm-hmm. he, Chris needs to kind of, like, finish the school. Then also, you know, like, he needs to get a job. Like, there's all, like, these little things. So many things to, to consider. Totally. But I think if you have a solid foundation of a relationship, you mm-hmm. can make anything work. Oh, yeah. And the thing that I find really interesting is that, like, <laughs> you know, it's ho- it's horrible for people right now in the dating scene. <laughs> I have to say, like, I would not want to be there right now. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, like and I hate to... <laughs> pinpoint on the guys, but I'm going to, I'm just going to, because I only know the females, like, um, perspective, perspective. Yes. And it's just like, guys, get it together. Like, really, they make the lamest excuses. Yeah. And I just kind of want them to man up a little bit and be like, you know what? I'm just not feeling this, you know, woman up. Yeah. Yeah. Men need to woman up. Woman up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, just say what you're feeling, then move on. Like, I mean, it's just, this ghosting or whatever's oh, yeah. going on. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, okay, I, you know what? You're I dealing just, with a person. You're dealing with another person. Yeah. Give them the same respect to, exactly. you know, yeah. be communicative with them to say. And I'm just like, I don't know what to tell my friends anymore about guys. Like, I'm just like, um, well, better luck next time. I'm I so, I'm so, so happy with my husband. I'm so sorry. I'm so very, very happy. The worst, the worst part too is like, my, my husband's like, why do you tell me about all the things guy, like bad guys do? Like, I'm not a bad guy. I'm like, I know. But I'm just letting you know that if you ever were, the penis will come off. It will be off. It'll just be like, Oops. You'll wake up one morning and it will not be there. <laughs> such an evil one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The evilest. Yeah. So it's just, I, you know, I, I really feel for people right now because I think it's just like an actual jungle out there. Yeah. And like, and it's, and it's funny because the people who've had long distance relationships mm-hmm. are doing actually much better. Yeah. So I don't. Then, then your Toronto girls. Yeah. Yeah. Dating in Toronto. Like, what? Yeah. How is this? What? <laughs> I don't get this. I think like in Toronto, it's so much as a jungle, as you're saying, is because there's so many people Yeah. and it's like disposable. Yes. People are just disposable. It's dessert every five meals. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, I think that's part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's just no, there's no time. There's so many people to see and it's like, well, if this, this doesn't work out great, there's a hundred other people I could contact Yeah. within the vicinity. And then there's you know? all these dating apps, which are like, which now. don't help like connecting with people and having a real person to person interpersonal connection. <laughs> no, I, I mean the first month that I was in Toronto, I was on a dating site. Oh yeah. Was it, what was it called again? It was, um, E-Harmony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember the first guy... Isn't that a Christian Was website? it E-Harmony? E-Harmony is a Christian one, I feel it like. It was definitely not Christian. So yeah. whatever it was, it was like... You had to buy a, like a membership, a monthly membership. Right, right. can't remember what it was. Because like I think of, it's kind of interesting to point out as well. You, you did mention to me on the break, you're not religious at all. No, not religious at all. Yeah. So that was the, the other reason why I was surprised that like... You know, I met this person, Chris, and then we just, you know, everything else worked out. It just and you're kind just of kind of like, that way. And it's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not like I was like, well, thank goodness I had Christ in my heart and he found me a man. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. It was right, just right, like, right, right, right. it was legitimately like, oh, well, this works. So, yeah. great. But, um. Was it uh, Plenty of Fish? Might have been something okay, like Cupid? that. Like, sort of like that kind of site, but it was like, it had like a monthly membership. Right. And. So it was the real deal. Like, yeah. you had to subscribe and. Yeah, and this was kind of before, like, really those apps. sites had, like, apps had really, like, a lot, like, kind taken of over taken the over, dating right? world. Exactly. So, um, you know, I went on one, and I messaged a guy, and I said, oh, hey, how are you? And then he responds, like, have you, have you been fucked yet? Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> Wow. <"What>? Wow. <laughs> wow. Great. Uh, yeah. So then I was, I was off that within a week. Yeah. So I was just like, this is Bullshit. Yeah. 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 I had one experience I had was on a dating website. Um, that just got the message the chilling to the core message of, okay, it's like, it shows the pro- profile pic of the person. So it's a sweet looking guy. And the message is, do you like really deep and rough anal? And I was like, mm-hmm. that's fucking chilling. Like that's obviously a troll of yeah. Some, yeah. like, trying to play some games with somebody, like, mm-hmm. hoping they message back. Right. You know, angry. It stirs something. But I was like, yeah. how horrible. <laughs> You're yeah. trying to, like, really freak me out right now. Like, yeah. ugh, it's... who is this person that's just trying to, who's yeah. just terrible, mm-hmm. garbage human. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> like you... oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is like, you know... Eighth date conversation. <laughs> I do like really rough and deep anal. Just letting you know, I do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, eighth date. Actually, I had a really long conversation with with my partner mm-hmm. and with a friend of ours about like sexual fetishes. Mm-hmm. And one was really fun. I found it really hilarious. People who like um, monsters crushing on things. Yeah, crushing fetish. Yeah, and then they wear the little slippers and they have like a, like a Godzilla. Slippers. Yeah, but then it crushes, like it makes a crushing sound and like, it makes your <laughs> feet. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, that's really fun. Like legitimately <laughs> people like do videos of just their like, their like foamy or like little soft 
slippers crushing around their house. <laughs> and we thought that was really great. And then obviously balloons. We talked about fetishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Balloons. Popping balloons. Yeah, sitting that, on like, the actually, sound. Like, squeaking I, sound of the balloon. Yeah, oh, I know. I hate all that stuff. Um, like I legitimately. Yeah, yeah. And then what was the other one that we had? Um, well, I mean, obviously I... I I saw this film called Tickled. Did you see mm-hmm. that at Hot Dogs? No. Oh, so good. I highly recommend it. I actually interviewed the um, director for an online magazine I write for. Yeah. But that was all about a tickling fetish, yeah. in, a, in a sense. Although, it's considered a competitive tic- tickling league. Oh so, God. like, competitive ticklers. Yeah. But you know it's a fetish. Like, yes. you kind of get that from the documentary. Yeah. It's, it's so much more... Like, it starts out super light. But then it becomes very dark and sinister, and it's uh, like highlight documentary of my year. Totally wow. watch it; it's very good. Very, very yeah, good. I've heard like the thing with tickling fetish, like it's because it makes the other person uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's like a power. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. It's yeah. like a power thing. Yeah, totally. Where it it's is. you're taking over that person's body. Yeah. Totally. You know, kind of a, yeah. Yeah, it was a fascinating documentary. It was uh, so, bet. so good. I bet. And, um, yeah, because they talked to one guy who legitimately makes videos and he has a career out of this. Mm-hmm. He has a studio where he tickles, like, a very attractive man. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be, like, men being tickled, so it's that kind of oh. flip of... Of power play. Of power kind play. Of, yeah. Um, although you don't see the person who's tickling in his videos, I don't believe. Okay. Like, you just see the person being tickled. Yeah, yeah. With various toys. Yes. And... I have some feather ticklers up there. Oh, do you? Cur- yeah. Courtesy of Red Tent Sisters. They're gonna be given away at some point. Oh, cool. For prizes for the show. But oh, I've fun. got, like, six feather ticklers in a vase oh, in, in the studio. That's awesome. <laughs> with Humpty Dumpty sitting in between them right now. That's really hot, actually. He's really <laughs> having a good time. With those ticklers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Matt's mom made that for him, like, Aww. when he was, like, very, very young. That's cute. And he's just hanging out with the ticklers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sidebar. Yeah, sidebar. Um, but it's interesting, like, they don't have very many women being tickled. Interesting. Oftentimes it's the men, uh, man on man, or, like, a woman on a man. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So What's that, was, that about, do you think? I think that's a power dynamic. Yeah. I certainly do. Like, I think, I don't know why women, I don't, like, I don't know why they wouldn't have women being tickled in those situations, but I yep. think it's a, a more homoerotic kind of... They're thinking it's projection. more like projection and probably trying to sell that to that kind of market. Because mm-hmm. yeah. usually, for the most part, I mean, there are lots of dom yeah. type videos where mm-hmm. women are in the uh, upper have the upper hand sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like women are more often than not portrayed in a submission submissive light, especially in in I would say in pornography. I would say yeah, like. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, like, the last couple documentaries that I saw for the Hot Dogs, one of which was um, League of Exotic Dancers. Did you see that? No, oh, God. Oh, you should check that. You should totally check that. I gotta connect with you. You know, you're in the yeah. know for docs. Well, I love documentaries. I love documentaries, and it always helps my research, and also my right. my um, editor kind of goes, okay, I think you'll like this one, because it deals, deals with sexuality and that sort of thing. Cool, cool. That one was a great documentary. I mean, one of the s- subjects was a dominatrix. hmm and just talk, like, seeing her work was really interesting, and, and I'm, uh, yeah, it's just, it's interesting the kind of subsect outside of pornography where women are in the more dominant role, mm-hmm. and 
and then the, the power dynamics are changing. So I don't know if that's like a positive move in pornography that will t- trickle into pornography. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly... Um, it's more of like a fetish. Like it's more of a yeah. a very specific audience that will look for that. Thing. Yeah, yeah specialized exactly. thing. It's not a general audience that would generally get access to dominatrix porn, for yeah, example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it was another really interesting doc. I'm just going to throw yeah. all these docs. Yes. There's a beautiful documentary called Sexy Baby, which mm-hmm. was at Hot Talks a couple years ago, but I used it as my research for my play. Yes. Which looked at three different subjects. Um, one little girl mm-hmm. who's posting photos of herself mm-hmm. on Facebook and looking at that dynamic, like mm-hmm. she's maybe 15 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of idea about young girls sexualizing themselves in that way. Yeah. Uh, then looking at a, a porn star mm-hmm. who now doesn't do porn, but like kind of organizes events and stuff like that. But right. she always talked about how with any role that she did, any video, and she was quite successful, mm-hmm. she would be in the dominated position or she'd be like, no, I want to do this to you. I am giving myself the sexual power to do this to you, mm-hmm. which I really loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, and ironically at the end of the movie, they kind of felt like she was the most sexually empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in Funnily enough. yeah, in maybe after porn ends that documentary. Yeah, um, oh yeah, I that documentary. Like, I've seen that. Yeah, I feel like one of the women was kind of saying the same thing. She's like, yeah. "Women call all the shots in porn." I'm sure this is not this is a blanket statement. Of course, but yeah. women who know what they're doing in the porn system, mm-hmm. in the porn machine, mm-hmm. they are in control. Yeah. You know, even if it's a very even humiliation type theme or whatever, mm-hmm. they are in control. Yeah. Constantly. They call the shots. They mm-hmm. say, okay, now you come in. I'm ready for this to happen. They're directing the scene, mm-hmm. basically, which was very interesting to me. I was like, I love that. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Yeah, yeah. I love that too. I think that's really important to show a more positive side to pornography. I think, I mean, I don't think pornography is a great tool for sex ed, per se. No. Oh my God. Right? The worst tool. Right. <laughs> understand sexual education and you understand how everything works it can be a wonderful like tool in your life to have I mean oh my favorite quote recently Mm -hmm. was in an episode of girls Mm -hmm. she's talking to her boyfriend and he um masturbates to pictures of his ex-girlfriend like to be pics of his ex-girlfriends Right? And she says, why can't you be, like, a normal guy and just watch porn? (laughs) Which I thought was really interesting, though. Like, Mm -hmm. right? Like, there's this interesting dynamic of the character. He's he's masturbating to former lovers. Mm -hmm. And that's more harmful to the relationship than him just watching porn. Yeah. So I was like, that's a really interesting thing. I don't know, you know... Like, I don't know what you would think about that, but I just thought that was a really interesting argument for yeah. pornography. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, you know? I think it's maybe just in Toronto, we're so liberal. Like, as far as I'm concerned, everyone watches porn. Oh, I Everyone so. watches oh, yeah. porn. For like, sure. And I think yeah. we all have are coming to understand that. Everyone yeah. watches porn. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. And I think like, that's the norm now. Yeah. Whereas before, it used to be that you were, you were a pervert, you know, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I totally agree. It's I think very unseemly to watch porn. Exactly. And I think everybody does. Yeah. Um, having that acceptance is great, but then how we, can we change the system to kind of make it work for everybody yeah. is a really cool thing that I hope will start to happen. Yeah, there there's a lot of feminist porn out there where it's like mm-hmm. real bodies, real yeah. orgasms, real yeah. pleasure. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, like I've got some from Red Tent Sisters yeah. as giveaways as well, just porn DVDs, mm-hmm. Secret Sinners, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like yeah. all real orgasms, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that would be that would kind of evolve this idea that porn is terrible for sex education for young people to watch because mm-hmm. it's going to warp their mind of what you know pleasurable sex should be exactly. you know more stuff yeah. like this where it's actual exactly. real bodies or yeah. real vulva you're seeing real boobs yeah and you yeah. know seeing somebody actually getting pleasured yeah you know totally yeah no, i totally agree yeah yeah yeah, definitely. So ideally, <laughs> I'd love if all porn was that. Yeah, it, it's oh, hard sure. to find, actually. I, I There was one website that I looked up for research as well, and I'm totally blanking on it. But I went to it, and yes, it was kind of not that well-equipped, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a few videos, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I feel like there needs to be more sites out there for that sort of thing, because I think it's really important. I mean, if we feel like, oh, yeah, everybody watches porn, why don't we watch healthier Well, that's the same thing with, like, I used to own an organic cafe. I was like, why can't everything just be organic so no one has the choice, you know? Like, (laughs) (laughs) we'd all be so much healthier. Like, (laughs) don't give people the choice because they'll never choose organic. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, the mass populace will... We'll never choose organic, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Speaking of porn, do you have favorite porn you watched? What uh, type of porn think, do you consume? Uh, I would probably say, I'm trying to think of what some of my faves are. I really like a story. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. Story. <laughs> That's the playwright in you. I just enjoy, and enjoy good beginning, middle, end, you know? Um, <laughs> some structure to my some porn. Some structure to my porn. <laughs> like, I actually, like, my favorite aspect is... The beginning and like me the, too. the foreplay. Me too. And then once you get into it, I'm like, okay. I can take it or leave it. I'm good. And it's all good. I oh, Yeah, I never watch a porn for more than like 10 minutes. Yeah. Or if, I, or if I do, or if I want to continue yeah. for whatever reason, I now choose a new one. Or I either restart the yeah. same one yeah. and watch that first 10 minutes again. Exactly. Or yeah. choose a new one and watch the beginning of a new one. Totally. I have to agree <laughs> with you. Like, that's sort of where I'm at, too. And um, and it's funny how you kind of, sometimes you can't find the ones, but, like, the really funny conversations at the, at the beginning, mm-hmm. and, like, these kind of taboo sort of scenarios that they're in. I think the best, my favorite one, <laughs> hilariously enough... It's like this, like they're having an interview mm-hmm. for, uh, for like the army, <laughs> and, and and then it just slowly the one girl just like slowly just starts to have make this happen, and it's <laughs> it's both funny and also really really tantalizing and and really great, you know. But it's just really funny because I just need I just need like preamble in the beginning, like yeah. some sort of lead up to it. But I can't always find those videos. Like I go on yeah. like certain sites that I normally go to and they change things up to where it's just like sex, 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 yeah. super hard, super fast. Yeah, just like, this one clip, 10 minute clip of like yeah, super hardcore. Like, mm, I'm kind of bored. Like I need, I need some preamble at the beginning. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what, I, I tend to like the role play kind of funny scenarios. Like yeah. it's like the doctor. Yeah, like, I like, like doctor, patient. doctor patient. I like, yeah. Yeah. And like, or yeah, that interviews one is like both funny and like. So do you have awesome. like that bookmarked? I do. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So you watch it, watch that same one again. Yeah, I tend yeah. to like find like maybe like three, and you're just like, okay, these are the three my go-to yeah. ones. Yeah. So if I don't find anything, yeah. okay, I'll watch one of these three. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like Makes sense. like I still seek out for new. A new one. Yeah. 
But then I'm like, oh, no, I'll just go back to my faves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you watch any, do you uh, do anything else, uh, like erotic comics or erotica, liter- mm, literary erotica? That's a good question. Um, anything else like that? Or just no, have nothing actually. on, where you're just thinking of scenarios? Yeah, daydreaming is, like, fantastic for me, because, yeah. like, I'm a playwright, so I can daydream. Yeah, you got an imagination. <laughs> so, yes, daydreaming is so great. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of, like, like <laughs> when I was young, when I was, like, a teenager, like, <laughs> There's, like, this one where it's, like, this house guest comes. And, like, <laughs> this house guest is, like, being flirty with the house man. So that, that sort of scenario was really fun. But did you notice, like, in the 90s, I think it was the 90s, there was, like, a lot of these kind of, I want to say that they were softcore porno kind of seduction movies. Mm-hmm. They weren't really considered porn, per se. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of, like, these crazy movies. Almost like, um, what's that... Glenn Close movie, Fatal Attraction. Oh, way. yeah, so right. Was like, the 90s was, like, full of those movies yeah. where it was, like... Sexually themed movies. Sexually yeah. themed movies where the the sexual... And this is, like, a bad thing, but the sexual person ended up being fucking crazy. Yes. And they were like, okay, we're gonna kill you now. Yeah. Kind of thing. Which was terrible, right? But... <laughs> But, like, those movies are really fun because they would, like, seduce the husband or whatever. Yeah. Like, that sort of thing. Yes. I can't remember what they were called, but they There's were... There's a genre that is specifically... There was a specifically... genre specifically, and I feel like it was only in the 90s. Yeah. And there was, like, a newer version... There was a newer version of that kind of theme recently, mm-hmm. and I totally blanking on the title, but it was, uh... It was, there, there were a couple, actually. Like, there was, like, a... Jennifer Lopez film. Uh-huh. The one it was called The Neighbor or whatever. Okay, no. It was recent actually. Yeah. It was like maybe a couple, of, like maybe a year ago. But it's like the neighbor like is seduces Jennifer Lopez, but then he ends up being freaking crazy. Right, right. Yeah, it was super funny. I but feel yeah. like that's probably a, a popular theme in like thrillers. Yeah, like psychological thrillers. Yeah, like erotic thriller. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I guess that's the genre. I think kind it'd be of? erotic thriller. I would say. Erotic yeah, thriller. Yeah. So funny. But then they just become crazy, and then they murder everybody. Yes. And you're just like, well, I don't know if that's that accurate. <laughs> I no. like the first half of this. The first half of this is great. <laughs> just like my porns. I just yeah, like just the like, first okay, part. the first part, and I'm just not going to watch the murders happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, like, hold off on the murder. Did yeah. you have um, a movie that you found very erotic, like, growing up? Like, it doesn't even need to be sec- sexually themed, but Ooh, something um, that just got your mind going. What was really big? And, like, I mean, the Spice Girls were big, but like, that didn't awaken <laughs> me sexually, per se. If you want to be my lover? No? Didn't do anything oh, for you? you know what's hilarious? My husband thought to become one. That, that song is very sexual. Yes. yes. And about safe sex. Uh, Is it about safe sex? Yeah. Put it on, put it on. Like, we kind of, my friend deciphered that it was like... Dissected it? Yeah, put on a condom, you know. Whoa. So there's a bit of, like, like, Subliminal, like... Yeah. (laughs) Tones. Um, Safe sex tones. Safe sex tones. And... (laughs) But my husband thought that was a mock song. Like, he thought it wasn't a real song. A parody? Yeah, he thought, because he had heard a parody version of it, oh. and he thought it was hilarious, and I was like, no, actually... No, that's a real song by the Spice song. Girls. <laughs> Sorry, that's a real song. Sorry, Spice Girls. Oh, it was so funny when we decided, when he discovered that. That was so funny. Oh my god. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Laura, that brings us just about a time. So great. This was fantastic. Oh, it's I been love so nice. Right? Great. Douglas Sirks. <laughs> I love
love to have you so much. It was great. Thank you. Is there anything you want to let our listeners know about that's coming up for you? I'm doing your bedpost show on the 15th. Yes! You're telling a real life story. Real life story. Yes. That's really great. Great. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is going on. I, I see you're on SoCap a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be around there doing their Monday night shows, which should be great. great. Um, yeah, kind of a late summer, but I'm mostly working on a couple new projects. So that's it, really. Very yeah. exciting. We'll okay. look forward to those in the future. Okay, great. Everyone, I'm Erin Pym. This has been Lauren Harris, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. If you want to find out more about the Bedpost Podcast and the Bedpost Stage Show, go to facebook.com slash bedposterotica. If you would like to see a hundred over a hundred erotic teasers, go to my website, erinserotica.com. If you want something more in-depth, follow the link to my Amazon author page. Also, the music that you see on this podcast is all original and produced entirely by Stephanie Copeland. If you want to know more about her and her music, go to stephcopelandmusic.com. 